What's going on, my friends? Friday afternoon, it's pissing down rain, 40 degrees. Been a, a good morning at the office. Nice pace, even keel, deposited some checks, took some loot, helped some people, right? None of that's necessarily in order. Just kind of friggin' uh, stream of consciousness now. I've said it many times this week, use that phrase. Uh, hey, let me friggin' uh, drop some knowledge on you. What's some good things that are going on? I had a patient who's very uh, down, depressed, alone, uh, lonely, uh, nice person. Got some issues, but she's a sweetheart. She's having a good day today. So I gave her a nice hug, gave her a royal treatment, tried to facilitate more of a smile on her face. Ah, shit. A little bit of Rush there. Uh, the Camera Eye is the name of that song by Rush. Excuse me. So, catered to this patient a little bit, put a smile on her face, fixed her up, got her moving better on this rainy day. Another woman came in with a frown. I turned upside down, put on her favorite music, put a virtual reality fucking headset on her. Here we go again. That's that's a fucking technological glitch whereby a text message comes through, reactivates my streaming music, and fucks up my um, my stream of consciousness here. So, anyway, making people feel good. It's my anniversary of the first uh, date with my wife. Today we're going to go out and we're going to feel good. Spend some time together, which we almost never do. Here it goes again. fucking text messages. People don't say to send one big text message. Now we break up into paragraphs or even sentences to things that we want to say and keep on fucking going with it. Back to my stream of consciousness. So it was a good day. It was a pretty good day. Uh, got my anniversary tonight. We're going to get a nice meal. It's a quality time together and return to our home ready to embark on the weekend. Maybe sleep in a little bit tomorrow. Be nice. Right? Go and see my family. Love everybody. A lot to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. I will update on my solar uh, gadget here I have on my dash. This thing is awesome. It's got some rechargeable batteries in there. I leave it in the sun on my dash all fucking day. It charges to maximum capacity. And... I plug it into my phone, and it's powerful, man. Holds a nice charge, accessing the sun. Just fill the, I mean, I, obviously there's plugs everywhere, but let's say I went, let's say I went on a, um, on a plane or a long trip somewhere or a hike that I'm going on. I, I could just count on this battery constantly being replenished, whereas we, you know, you see people at the, um, airport and shit, trying to hog the, the one plug or find a plug that's vacant so that you can stick their gadgets in, and maybe we should unplug to begin with, you know, completely. That would be nice. That would give everybody a nice break. Um, so anyway, I like the philosophy of it behind using some green energy, the power of the sun, this freaking fusion reactor, crazy heat energy production tap into that sucker with my little solar panels. I would put solar panels across my entire goddamn roof if I could. And I probably could. But I'm a little bit 
um, sketchy about the how you're leasing them or how that whole bait and switch works or is it worth it? I don't know. Be interesting to find out because we got some friggin' um, real estate on that roof, man. We're, we, we're right up on a hill, so we could get some really good exposure. Uh, preparing more and more for my trip. I got all my gear assembled in the, not assembled, but in a big pile in the spare room in our house. And I'm going to be packing up my ruck. And next week or the week after, I'm going to mail it out to my buddy so he can get that package. And when I hit the ground there, all my shit will be ready to go. Throw my rucksack on my friggin' back after uh, filling up my camelback and off to the race as we go. Hiking. Fracking kayaking, fracking carousing, hanging out, telling stories with my buddy Jim. Can't wait. Um, and that's a nice break that I can surely need. Listen, <clears throat> we got fucking schools, cl- a couple schools closed today. I think uh, Bucks County, one county over, there was a coronavirus scare, I believe. <clears throat> As my voice gets raspy just thinking about it, and as I cough, I mean, you're a lion sack of shit if you haven't considered this and are at least a little bit concerned. We don't need anybody getting sicker than they already have been in our community. I take care of a lot of older folks and folks who are dealing with different disease processes in addition to their backs being bad, and uh, I would like them to survive, right? There's a lot of callousness, people saying, well, it's only really going to affect the young and the old, um, okay, so us in the middle, I guess we'll be okay. And my son laying in bed with me the other night, he says, <clears throat> uh, somebody said, Daddy, that, uh, that it, it can't, it can't, uh, kill parents. It can't harm parents or kids. It's just like, like really old people or whatever. I'm like, oh, well, that's a nice little, nice little thought there. It's a concern, right? So we got a school district potentially closing until they can get this sorted out, whether they got an active case, all these false alarms going off all over the country, trying to really just keep a handle on this thing. It's not being alarmist. It's being, well, there's some of alarmist shit happening, but obviously we don't want this to spread. We want to prevent it from spreading, contain it however possible. And it's not very possible, to be honest with you. This fucking thing is airborne. It's a tiny-ass thing. There are hundreds and countless trillions of these fucking things, viruses and bacteria, in our world. We really really live in their world. Countless these damn things. We can't stop them from spreading. Shit's fucking on our packages, on our boats coming into port, on our products that are being produced viruses aren't even alive technically, so you can't just fry them or radiate them or treat them with, you fumigate them, whatever that is. I can't imagine antiviral, spray antiviral shit all over. We're going to spray spray antifuron all over the place, which is an antiviral um, chemical. I don't know. So there's that. But there's a lot of people out there in the community. It's like you get through the week. You hear all this shit all week about how the coronavirus is spreading and such and so on and so forth. And 
you're bracing for it to like really hit and everybody's going to hole up in their homes. People are probably already stocking their shelves and shit, stock or clearing the shelves of bread and milk, water, whatever. We'll get through it, okay? This too will pass. I want to talk briefly about, I'm going to be complaining just a little bit. I apologize. I try to keep things positive. But it's, I received multiple phone calls today, phone calls, emails from people who are looking for a doctor of chiropractic who will take their insurance. The answer is usually yes. We are in network with like Blue Cross and Aetna and we can bill other insurers, even if we're not in network with them. All in network means is that you've got a contract with them. You agree to treat their patients and they agree to pay you, reimburse you for care rendered and all that shit. Well, these patients are calling about Keystone first. This is Medicaid. It's PA Medicaid, essentially. It's um, insurance for people below the poverty line and other people who are above the poverty line or in and around the poverty line, but they somehow get this insurance as well, take advantage and get free health care. <clears throat> the problem with the free health care is they don't pay the providers and they cause all kinds of paperwork and they're a big, large governmental organization that is very clunky and can't get things done. And <clears throat> I signed up because I want to be a good fucking guy. And as I might have mentioned before on the podcast, I apologize for my redundancy. I'm going to put this to rest after this. But long story short, after uh, about a six-month experimentation, I'm going, to, I'm going to say a year of experimentation with Keystone First, um, I called it quits because they were not paying me. They were requesting a lot of paperwork and um, had very, you know crazy process to become credentialed, and then I was getting contacted by these patients who basically had no skin in the game. For no or maybe a dollar copay, they could come and see. That was the agreement. They could come and see me, and the insurer, it turned out, they were very cloudy about this, very vague about reimbursement. The insurance reimburses $13 for a visit. No exam. All they pay for is a spinal adjustment at the ridiculous price of $13. So that is a shit show. That is a fucking bad uh, decision on my part to try to help people. Well-intentioned, but I, I really wanted to help people. I wanted to access this population of folks who have been seeing their primary care doctors and for the last several decades been being dispensed painkillers and anti-inflammatories and other medications that, you know, either were um, addictive or ineffective or were going to uh, render their body even more of a pharmaceutical chemistry set and cause them harm, destroy their liver, you know, cause all kinds of harm to their body, Uh, most notably the opioid epidemic. So I have patients, if they're going to see their family doctor, up to the past, you know, decade, that past several decades, the tools that the family doctor had essentially is education, 
Maybe they give him a pamphlet. Maybe they refer him to a physical therapist or a chiropractor. Most often they would probably be tempted to give them something. Painkiller. When I first got into practice, it was Vioxx, and that was a painkiller. It wound up having a side effect that um, caused people to have heart attacks um, and other heart disease-related symptoms. Um, and that was the big to-do. Uh, of course, while we're vilifying an NSAID, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, like Vioxx, which I believe that's the classification of drug it is, there's all these meds, you know, Percocets and Valium and so on and so forth being prescribed. And it's a tough job, but, you know, basically those are the tools that a, that a medical establishment has to serve patients, so they would give them to them. So, long story short, I am non-invasive. Chiropractic is safe and effective and cost-effective. Uh, counterintuitively, everybody thinks chiropractic is a, a big sale. It's expensive. you got to keep going. you got to pay them all this money. Well, listen, if you exercise, do you do a little bit of it or a lot of it and expect a result? You have to have consistency. You have to log on some visits to the gym. You have to uh, rein in your diet. There's a lot that goes into it. Okay, Same thing with chiropractic. Same thing with physical therapy. Same thing with massage. It might feel good to get a, have a visit with your favorite physical medicine provider, but to really experience change, you need to go with some sort of repetition. Now, I am a minimalist in this regard. I try to, I don't want to see anybody for two, three times a week, typically. I don't want to see you that. I don't like you that much, honestly, to spend that much time with you. And I think that I'm good enough that I can provide a result with the thorough treatments that I provide. And if you are compliant, in other words, you do the homework that I give you, that's going to set you free. So I wanted to access the poor people, the parts of the population who don't have really anybody taking care of them uh, outside of the ER and some family doctors who no longer can even prescribe like they used to, thank God, but they've been reining in the prescriptions, I figured, give them an adjustment. They have a benefit. Shit. I had somebody in my life at the time who had a child who had Keystone first. I loved her. I wanted to help her and her family. I went in network. I took care of, uh, the, immediately, once they put me on the website, the phone started ringing. That worked. There's definitely people, there's a need for, um, and people are looking for their providers on the website and seeing, oh, Dr. Oberst is on there. I'm going to call him up. He's in my town. Oh, he's got good reviews. Oh. So these folks were calling maybe 10 a day, maybe 20 a week, something like that, 30 a week. And a lot of these patients came in. And they received, essentially, what turned out to be free health care. First of all, there's no minimal out-of-pocket for them. They will never receive the type of care, since I'm gone, they'll never receive the type of care as thorough as I provided it, ever, again, with this benefit. Keystone First is horrible. 
Medicaid is horrible to its providers. They want to fucking jam you, uh, jam pack you with these patients whom is their responsibility through the government to provide care for. And then they're going to stick, they're going to send you to me by putting my name on their website. And they're going to, as a patient, they're going to come in, pay nothing or next to nothing, a dollar. And then maybe six months to a year later, I'll receive a check. deposit into my account for like $500 for a year I worked for these fucking people. Nine months. Say nine months. And $500 is all that I can claim that they deposited, that they reimbursed me for taking care of all these people. That's like for a really good insurance company that reimburses and pays for all the the work that I do. That's two visits. I took care of, I don't know, 100 people. However many hundreds of visits. Taking care of these people. Loving on them. Getting to know them. Helping them. And I fucking pulled out. I had enough. I had taken enough of beating. The experiment did not go well. There was all kinds of misinformation. I'm not going to say there were lies. People who work for the insurance company, they were just trying to do their job. They did seem to acknowledge that I was a good provider and really wanted to help, and they admired that. But they're just making widgets there, these places. They're ineffective. American healthcare is ineffective. Anybody who says, I mean, that's generally, we might be doing fine. I mean, we if we weren't, you know, we have the state-of-the-art equipment. We've got fucking crazy um, wealth in America and the Western world. So obviously we have some nice shiny instruments and doctors with uh, Ivy League education and, you know, professionalism and some form of, some form of organization uh, within the medical establishment. We've got electronic medical records now. We're not, you know, in dire straits, but for the money that we that is being expended, for the cash cow that this um, healthcare system is for certain parts of the population, pharmaceutical industry, uh, doctors' lobbies, freaking hospitals, medical establishments, we are not doing this shit right, man. We're not fucking helping people. How ironic that the money we are spending is ineffective. It's not cost effective. It's not helping people. This is a travesty. And I've experienced it. I kind of knew that it was coming. I, I spoke to my family doctor, asked him what he thought about going in network with Medicaid. He said, you want addicts in, sitting in your waiting room? Because that's what you're going to get. And, of course, he was a medical doctor or an osteopath, so he has prescribing rights, privileges, rather. So that's probably what he would get, people looking for medication. Because he has few other tools to, you know, devote to this. Talk to another friend, other friends in the industry in and out of chiropractic 
And they said the same thing. They said it's a shit show. It's a freaking joke. They pay you next to nothing and expect all this effort from you. Patients call up thinking that they have a benefit. And that's what it's been like. It has been, you know, people calling up saying, oh, I want to make an appointment. And they won't even mention the type of insurance they have. Well, the smart ones will say, because they don't want to get stuck with a bill, they, they make, they'll call up and say, oh, I just want to make sure you're in network with Keystone first. And they know that they're not going to pay shit. They know that, that they've been to other doctors and they know that we are legally um, bound to, uh, you know, not charge people for these things, for the care that they receive. So it's an absolute shit show. And I guess my point is, I, my heart goes out to these folks who are calling up, um, looking for somebody to help them. I feel bad for them because they're not going to get, they're not going to find a doctor that's in network as a chiropractor. And or if they find somebody, they're not going to get any sort of quality care. Because they can't afford to. Everybody, like I have, that gets involved, they have to wise up at some point and say, all right, this ain't going to work. How the hell can I afford to do this? How can I, you know, I'm going to have to compromise the quality care. I'm going to give them some shitty adjustment for $13 of reimbursement. Um, fuck that. You know, it's not the type of health care I want to do. So I'm done with Keystone first, and I feel very sorry for the people who um, have this benefit and hold a, a card from this organization, um, anticipating that they're going to get some kind of um, benefit out of it. Maybe in terms of if you go to the ER, they're not going to deny you. They can't legally. They can't deny you care. But... For specialty visits, it's a debacle. An absolute debacle. And it's a shame. So, I'm done with my rant now, but... Just uh, know that I'm a good guy. I'm trying to be do the right thing. I'm constantly reminded that, you know, you get cynical about this world and you... Like, look at this right now. You start, you know, somebody had a bad day or whatever. It's raining or the coronavirus is looming or this and that. There's all this negative shit happening. Here's a father and, or mother. So everybody running to the bus stop. Pick their kids up from elementary school bus stop on a Friday afternoon in the rain. And they're saying hello to their neighbors. and Otherwise, being kind to one another. They're all running down the sidewalk. Kids with such energy. Can't wait to get home drop their book bag off. Have a little snack and settle in for the weekend. Life is good. The odds of our being here on this earth, I've read 400 trillion to one. It's very remote. The likelihood that we would be alive at this particular time on this planet 
and have all these things have have tamed even a little bit of Mother Earth and carved out our little piece of the of the world. Built our homes, our schools, our technologies, various industries developed so rapidly in such a short period of time. It's it's remarkable. And the world is a good place. And it's a bad place. There's the yin and the yang. And I always try to be on the side of good. You know? I always try to do the right thing or what I think is fair for people. And sometimes I absolutely fucking regret that. Most of the time I'm proud of it, of behaving that way, of striving for that, for being good, for being fair, for being kind. And other times you regret it because you get bit in the ass for trying to be idealist trying to trying to be the exception to the rule doing the right things not that it's the exception to the rule not that people are generally bad or the world is a general bad I'm not trying to say I think you know what I mean it's a balance that must be struck and it's a it's a fucking it's an uphill battle when in our society there are a lot of obstacles in our path you know I was talking to a friend yesterday about, you know, life and relationships and work and the whole nine yards. And uh, even today I was talking with somebody and they said, uh, they had posted something yesterday on Facebook and it said, um, don't start the day, you know, like, it's not like you wake up and you decide you're going to have a good day. It's going to be a good day. You have to go out and you have to be um, be ready for, for a fight. You have to be ready to, to, you know, duck, dodge, dive. Um, it's like playing dodgeball with a fucking wrench, right? You're going to have the best laid plans of, oh, it's going to be a great week. I can't wait. And, you know, all good things are happening. Look, the weather's nice. And, you know, everybody's happy and healthy and I got a good feeling about it. And you can wish that and you can wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first as well. Because Murphy's Law is looming, my friends. The universe doesn't really give a fuck about us. We're just this civilization that, as I described, has been carved out of this planet that happens to be covered in H2O and in proximity to an energy source, which is our sun. And over time, life on Earth has evolved. It has transformed. It has grown. It has reproduced. It has died out. It has started up again. We're just the current incarnation, recarnation, fucking carnation is in breakfast. We're the current version of what life looks like on this habitable planet. 
And the way we're acting, I don't know. I'd like to be an optimist, but it's going to take some fucking heroism for us to really, you know, change and transform our world, our society, our cultures, and be cooperative if we're going to survive. So it's crazy because you want to have you want to have a positive outlook. You want to go out and have a great day or a great week, but it ain't sure as hell ain't going to be handed to you. As soon as you walk out, it's like, I don't know, like a zombie movie or something. Like, they live. And behind every freaking newspaper, there's a creature lurking that wants to freaking rain on your parade. And you have to be prepared for the contingency. You have to walk tall and carry a big stick, like Roosevelt said. And it's just crazy that life is like that. It's a beautiful thing in a way because it's not some um, utopian society. Yeah. We've, as I said earlier, we've tamed the world a little bit. You know, we've we've carved out a little bit of a life here for ourselves. It's impressive, but it's just like you know that Lego house that you build, and then all your friends come in. Your sister comes in and steps on it out of spite. The world does that. Seemingly does that. So we got to be prepared. To build again. To build again. Build up our defenses. Be prepared for contingencies. Be limber. Mind and body. Listen, everybody have a great weekend.